This is Taking Care in Business, a podcast that dives into the topic of corporate social responsibility from many different perspectives. Host Kathy Pedrotti Hayes is an expert in CSR and philanthropic giving, and her co-host Vicki Bolson is the founder and CEO of Bolson Group, a unified marketing company that was also the first B Corp certified company in Indiana. Kathy and Vicki became friends and equally passionate about CSR when they first worked together several years ago. Join them as they talk about why it is always worthwhile to take care in business. Hey, Vicki. Well, hello, Kathy. How are you? I'm great. How about you? I'm fine. Good. Well, I'm really excited because today we have two guests in our studio, uh, both of whom are from the B Corp. We have Wes Hadley and Ellie Sims. Wes is the benefits director of the B Corp, and Ellie is the CEO. Not to be mistaken with B-Lab, the third-party organization that certifies company, rather the B Corp. The B Corp is a startup company that has created technology to help with beekeeping. The real-time hive monitoring solutions keeps hives running at full capacity, stomping out threats before colony strength or hive production is impacted. They are a benefit corporation and will become a B Corp certified company. Wes and Ellie can tell us a little bit more about this as we talk today, and we'll also learn how saving honeybees translates to environmental impact that we might not otherwise have considered. Yes. When when we talked to them on the phone uh, before they came into the studio today, thank you, I I was just blown away. I hadn't really thought about beekeeping and, and how just impactful it was beyond making honey. Beyond? Yeah, beyond. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So hi, Wes. Hi, Ellie. Thanks for coming in today. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having us here. Yeah. Hi, it's great to be here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the B Corp. Yeah, so your introduction was wonderful. Um, we are focused on beekeeping technology uh, to help beekeepers reduce hive loss. So we have a few different solutions for beekeepers that use uh, Internet of Things sensors to actually tell them if their hive is in trouble or not. That yeah, is. and they actually just had a brand new product come out. I don't know if you want to talk on that, Ellie, but it's pretty cool solving a problem that you probably didn't know existed. Yeah, uh, beekeepers are stealing hives from each other. Uh, it's oh. a $3 million oh my dollar, uh, heist uh, issue that I think from t- 2016, it was $3 million uh, worth of hives were stolen. Um, so when we went out to these conferences, these beekeepers told us about these issues they've been having, and we already had a GPS sensor we were using, so it was uh, not too difficult to actually put a product together yeah. to help with this crazy aspect of the beekeeping industry. Have you busted anybody yet? Not, <laughs> not yet, but we will be so excited when we get the oh, first. Oh, yes. Yeah. I'm excited for oh, you. That's yeah. so cool. We just put this out last week, literally. Wow. Yeah. And that's the kind of content that you kind of keep secret right you right. I mean you don't want to have any media or market that really exactly so how are you going to tackle that yeah um, well so we've partnered and talked with a lot of sheriff's counties that have dealt with these heists and this is That's even wild. the data is exactly what they need uh, to get the hives back because it's often pretty hard to prove that the hives came from the original beekeeper so that's important um, as well as help them not have beekeepers solving it on their own um, but yeah, we, we're not going to ever release anything about where the sensor goes in the hive. Um, we've got a few different options, but we're trying to keep as much as possible um, hidden. But we also hope this product being on the market is going to deter yeah. thieves okay. as well. So mm-hmm. I think there'd be a benefit as well with 
awareness in the industry. I know. I'm always thinking about the actually catching them, keeping it secret so you can catch right. them. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, um, can you explain a little bit about the, the bee problem? Why is this such a problem? Uh, I think we've become more familiar with it, but a lot of our listeners might not be. Yeah. Um, so since the 1960s, we've actually had a drop off in honeybee populations. Um pretty steadily. We now have half the population we did in the 60s. Uh, this is caused by a wide variety of factors that, uh, in all honesty, are probably not going away. Uh, so some being maybe chemicals, they think, some being how our land is used these days. Um, and so what beekeepers need to do is adapt uh, to this new environment, and that's not what's been happening. Now, this drop-off in population is extremely important because bees actually pollinate a third of the food we eat here in the U.S. And this, uh, these are some of our most nutritious fruits and vegetables, uh, as well as nuts. So without honeybee pollination, we'd be eating an extremely bland diet. It's fascinating. I really honestly had not thought about that until we talked to you. I mean, it, in, to, in, with that d much data, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I knew it loosely, but I had no idea. Wow. Okay, so let's go back to the, our first question that we always ask, yep. and that is, what does CSR mean to you? Um, I know that Wes here is your benefits director, so maybe you guys can both kind of give a, a, a quick answer about what it means to you. So to me, corporate social responsibility is about making decisions for your business that don't just benefit your profit margins, don't just benefit you as an owner, but benefit all of your stakeholders. So all of the people who have some interest or role in what your business does, thinking about how your choices affect them and trying to make choices that uh, benefit a wider market. That's sort of the basis of what I think it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's well said. Well, we started uh, CSR to us was so inherent in our mission of helping honeybee populations and beekeepers that it just made sense to do a formal structure like a benefit corporation. Uh, but as we've run this company, we've realized how important CSR is at every step of the way. Now that we are a benefit corporation, we get to think about it in every aspect of business, but it's been extremely helpful in hiring, uh, in sourcing supplies for us to, to be thinking about how we can be beneficial, not just to the honeybee populations and beekeepers, but to, to really society as a whole um, and how we're impacting that. And you're not yet a B Corp, and that, I think, is something that we haven't come across yet with somebody that we've interviewed oh, because yeah. you're pursuing that. But you are on, like, a hold status, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think Wes can touch on this yeah, better, yeah. So B-Lab does – well, the B Corp is a startup, which makes them a little different than maybe a business that's already established and wants to become a B Corp because B-Lab requires a lot of data, as you know, Vicki, mm -hmm. to show that you're doing the things you say you're doing. Mm -hmm. So as a young company, it's hard to provide that data. And even though uh, Ellie and the rest of the team from the beginning have had the intentions of doing things – that would lead to a good score on the B impact assessment. Um, they didn't have the data to back that up. So we decided to hold off on going for the uh, B Corp assessment until we had that data. And that's actually a requirement. You have to wait one year post-incorporation before you can even apply. Mm -hmm. um, there w is the option to be a pending B Corp, uh, which is only for startups. And they can say, we want to be a B Corp, but we're not ready to take the assessment yet. And you can be a pending B Corp um, we didn't really know about that early on, so we didn't pursue that. We decided to just hold off and wait until we could get the full Well, that's kind of a new, newer thing, right? A newer status, I think. It is, yeah. It's yeah. a newer status because uh, B-Lab started to see more interest in startups wanting to be B Corps, which is awesome. 
Uh, so they were like, how do we still signal to the market that this is a you know, socially responsible company without giving them that full certification? And so early next year, we'll be actually retaking the assessment with the new data, seeing where we match up, um, actually going through the full interview with B-Lab. Mm -hmm. So I have no idea where we're going to end up, but we're confident that we'll hit that threshold and be able to certify. Well, the B Corp has to be B Corp certified. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? And that's great. Well, um, Wes, I wonder if you could talk a little bit about being a benefits director. So um, I think you're probably our first guest who is a who has been a benefits director. So maybe give a little bit of background about how that interfaces with benefit corporation status and what, what that means you do. Being a benefit corporation, there are a few things there are a few differences between a benefit corporation and a traditional uh, S corp or C corp, whatever other type of business. Um, the principal thing is that uh, your shareholders or your board of directors is freed from the obligation to maximize profit for your shareholders so that they can make balanced decisions that affect all of their stakeholders. So the board of directors gets a little more freedom to make decisions that might not maximize profit but are more sustainable in the long run. Uh, in exchange for that freedom, they agree to some increased accountability and transparency. One of those accountability requirements is that a board of directors for a benefit corporation has an appointed benefit director who's responsible for holding the organization accountable to their social and environmental purpose and is also responsible for uh, publishing an annual benefit report uh, which shows what the organization is doing to reach their uh, stated specific public benefit um, kind of where they're falling short, how they plan to improve. And oftentimes those benefit reports follow the same framework as the B-Impact assessment because they kind of go hand in hand. In Indiana, you're not required to become a certified B Corp uh, or to agree to a third-party standard, but in many states, uh, benefit corporations are actually required to do that B Corp certification. We didn't start measuring our impact until after we were B Corp certified. So, but now, you know, we keep track of a, lo a lot of different things so that we can, you know, produce an annual impact report, but also be prepared for the every two-year certification, recertification. How are you and what are you measuring? Uh, so we're measuring, obviously, our impact on the beehive. So one of our biggest numbers on our whiteboard where we track sales numbers and all the progress um, is how many hives we've saved. Um, so we've got that information as far as the actual technology. And then besides that, we've also just kept track of some of those management decisions that we've made uh, to buy either more sustainable beekeeping equipment um, or practices we've used in not just our hiring, but once people are employees. Uh, part of that is easier because we did take the assessment last year and so after we did that, and we knew we couldn't certify anyway, but Wes suggested we take it, mm -hmm. we actually were able to sit down and plan what things do we need to do in 2017 to be in good shape. Uh, so some of this stuff we know from the assessment and that we do actually use that as our third party standard um, that we need to track. So the typical things you're seeing on that accountability, different kinds of sections, we're actually just tracking that information now. Yeah, I would think Kathy helped. She was the one who suggested that Bolson Group become B Corp certified. And while we took the free assessment, which is available on bcorporation.net for those listening, 
we didn't have the same advantage you have now, which is you took it and you know what to measure for when you are certified. We, along the way, institutionalized things and made some things that we were already doing a policy. So it is, I'm sure, so helpful to know what those questions are for when you go to get certified and to be mindful in advance, especially when you're well-intended and you're doing it because you want to. You know, you're not doing it because for any reason other than that, but to know and to be able to make that change ahead of time, that's really, really awesome. Exactly. Some things are so easy to change as well. Right. Some things are even just policies in a handbook and Mm -hmm. things like that you would already want to do, but you Mm -hmm. just need to have it written out. Right. Um, So, yeah, I I definitely would encourage taking that assessment early because it allowed us to really plan. Um, And and stretch our thinking on how we're going to be beneficial. Because mm-hmm. nowhere on the B-Lab assessment is how many bees did you save <laughs> yeah, last <right>. year? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a great lead into this question. So would you say that you would um, that you would define your, or I'm sorry, would you describe B Corp's involvement with CSR as being by default or by design? Uh, definitely by design. Um, when we thought about how we wanted to structure our company, Uh, Our very first meeting we had, we knew that we wanted to do beekeeping technology, but we didn't know if we were going to do that in the nonprofit sense or in a uh, for-profit sense. And actually, one of our advisors, who's a lawyer, suggested this benefit corporation tax status. Uh, And it just resonated so well with what we wanted to achieve um, that we decided on that right then and there. And that's actually where the B Corp name was born. Um, we were joking about it and Milt brought it up as a, it would be a hilarious name for a benefit corporation <laughs> and uh, we were allowed to trade markets so that was great. So you know even from Daisy or Owl we were trying before we even figured out our business model we knew we wanted to have this approach. Uh, two of us are from uh, SPIA at IU which mm-hmm. is the School of Public and Environmental Affairs. Our third founder is um, has his minor there so through our education, we've been taught to, to think bigger. I'm a SPIA grad. Yes, yeah, SPIA. So is Wes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, their motto is lead for the greater good. And that's why I joined the school was was that really resonated with me. So just was so inherent in who we are as people that we, of course, had to bake it into our company. That's mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. I love the we, when we were planning it, you know, we the play on words, it was a constant the B Corps, the, 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 you know, trying to d- d- decipher between if we're talking about B Corp certification yeah. or we're talking about the company, the B Corp. And do you say Corp or do you say more just the B Corps? You say Corp? Corp, I think. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> Sorry, I just want to make sure I got it straight here. No, it's okay. You, had to, you made me second guess it, though. Like, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. B Corp. It, yeah. it can get confusing sometimes. Yeah, I yeah, bet they got I a kick bet. out of it, too, when you, when, when you were going through talking with them about this pending process and such. They probably got a real kick out of that, didn't they? Yeah, I'm sure they did. <laughs> there were some emails like, oh, nice name. This is great. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and I love it because it's such a subtle pun. You have to yes, be really. a total tax status nerd to know enough to uh, know it's a pun, which is good too. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I think she just called us nerds. Well, we're all nerds. <laughs> <laughs> we're nerds. Oh gosh. It's a good thing. So, what is the workplace culture like? I know that you're not a huge company yet. Um, I think you had said seven or eight of you between full and part times or something mm-hmm. like that. So what 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 is that like? Uh, evolving. 
mm-hmm. always evolving. We are even um, looking at some potential remote employees. So we just this morning mm-hmm. were meeting about, okay, get ready, because everything's going to have to change in how we do work here when we bring someone in. Um, and so for us, I think uh, inherent to our mission um, is actually a filter mechanism for everybody who works with us, has a passion for the environment or wants to do something good is in not just every employee we see, but in a lot of the job applications that come in. Uh, they mm-hmm. get very excited by our mission uh, and then also, you know, the benefit corporation status. So I, I think the people there make the culture, right? And by evolving, I mean, every time we bring in somebody new, we have to kind of change and edit. So when I mentioned when we structured the company, doing good and doing well was so inherent with who we were as people. We It's really resonated through our company. And then also, since we're a startup, uh, everybody is very much able to bring up ideas on things we can do to improve. And that happens a lot as far as benefit corporation type things of mm-hmm. how we can improve you know, our benefit assessment. Uh, so we're every few weeks getting new ideas on how we can improve as well. So I think that innovative atmosphere is really good for, for this aspect of things too. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I think um, also you're a millennial and you're hiring millennials and a lot of things that, that we've read and that we know from everybody we've talked to is that the workplace culture in the is the most important thing to millennials, but you already knew that, so then you can, you know, make sure that that's top of your priority list as you're forming your company and involve, evolving it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's fun as you grow, too, and get more resources. Mm-hmm. The things we can s- start to step into as well um, is really key. Well, and this is just so, uh, you're an innovator, right, and sort of a disruptor. How, how did you get this idea? Yeah, so we, uh, <laughs> the summer after my freshman year when I was an undergrad, I had volunteered for a beekeeper, a beekeeper fell in love, um, decided other students might also want to do beekeeping, uh, and I wanted to keep hives of my own, so I went to the Hutton Honors College at Indiana University and asked them if there was some type of grant program I could write into, and there was, um, and they were very excited about this opportunity, so I secured the grant, started a beekeeping program, uh, and then that got attention on campus from a Kelly professor, which is the business school, uh, and there was a 500-person class, so two sets of 250 classes that wrote uh, papers, basically, on how to keep the beekeeping program around at IU. And that's where I met uh, my now two founders were in that class, and we started a beekeeping club together uh, through, you know, the outcome of those papers. Um, And then a few months later, that club had grown very quickly in membership. I think we were maybe 300 members after just a couple months. Um, We were presenting that success to the IU Foundation, which is IU's sort of endowment group. Mm -hmm. And just as a here's what students do with your grant money, it's kind of fun, it's different. And three of those board members pulled me aside and said, we love this, we love you, but we want you to dream bigger and we want to help you. Whatever it is, nonprofit, company, as long as it's bees. And so I pulled together my now founders, um, which were my club founders, and I said, we got to go after beekeeping technology. I've read studies that have used it, and I think it'll be huge. So after that, we basically two two weeks later met with those three board members, 
Uh, and that's that meeting I talked about where we decided we were going to be the B Corp and a benefit corporation. And the model was still rough then. Um, so the idea was evolving, but we had uh, people encouraging us to be entrepreneurial uh, outside of IU. And I think that's what really allowed us to just grow and evolve. So this is a good segue to our final question, which I think both of you can answer, which is what kind of advice would you give to someone who's in the position you had been in or wanting to evolve and grow their CSR program or just create one? Mm -hmm. We think less about how do we practically achieve this day by day in the business, and it's more for us about a mindset. There's many aspects of business that is a mindset for us, like being capital efficient. Um, but for us, sustainability and social responsibility was uh, just something that we believe wholeheartedly in, uh, even in life outside of our company. Uh, so for that, it made it just easier to make those decisions um, because inherently the people we're surrounding ourselves with, our board, our advisory board, our employees are attracted to this and see this as a passion. Um, so for me, that's made it extremely easy is because I'm bought in to the good that we're doing. Um, it just makes either pulling the plug on projects or kickstarting projects a lot easier because I understand kind of the evolving benefit that's just going to multiply in society. So for me, what I would say about choosing to be a more socially responsible company does more for you than just help you achieve a social mission. It actually helps you improve your business. Um, Vicki, I don't know if you've seen this since starting your company, but thinking about social problems when you're thinking about your company demands that you come up with more creative and more innovative solutions because it's, it's challenging to think about a larger set of stakeholders, but it's also exciting. And what you'll see is that employees want to be at a company that is doing good. Um, and when you have employees who are excited about what they're doing, you have employees who work harder um, and you have employees who are creative and energized about your company. So it helps your businesses in a lot of ways. It helps you as a leader to be more creative um, and be more engaged. But what, you all, what I've also seen in all of the socially responsible companies that I work with, I think people want to support socially responsible businesses. Um, so like with the, with the B Corp, there is no way they would have had nearly the success that they've had in attracting investors and attracting advisors. Ellie told the story of how those three members of the IU Foundation encouraged them to start this company. Those are now members of the board who are extremely engaged and are the biggest advocates of what the B Corp does and have been so crucial to the success of the company. And that's because they care about what the company is doing and they mm -hmm. can really get behind that mission. Mm -hmm. uh, if the B Corp was just out there to dominate the beekeeping technology industry mm -hmm. and didn't care mm -hmm. about social responsibility, I don't think they would get nearly the buzz yeah. that they do now. <laughs> no pun intended. Right. That, was, that was really nice. That was good. Um, well, you guys, Wes, Ellie, thank you so much for being here with us today. And uh, where can we tell our listeners to follow you or find some more information about you? Yeah, our website is um, thebcorp.com. B spelled like the honeybee. Um, and through that, there's a newsletter you could subscribe to. We just started a blog, so we'll be updating that blog as well. Um, and then we also have a Facebook as well. That's also just the B Corp. Okay, wonderful. Okay. 
Thank you. Well, thank, thank you, you for guys. coming in today. Yeah, thank, thank you for, you for inviting us. us. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for joining us this season on Taking Care in Business. Let's give a big thank you to Matt Sosi, our sound engineer. We hope that you enjoyed this season's guests. We'll be back for a spring season, so stay connected to us for updates on when that will start and for sneak peeks at some of our future guests. You can visit the Taking Care in Business website at www.takingcareinbusiness.com or visit us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Taking Care in Biz. B-I-Z. If you have questions or comments, you can email us at info at takingcareinbusiness.com.